0: Out of all the different strategies and tactics that I employ in my business, there is one that is the core of everything. It's the backbone that my marketing is really built on. It's the thing that drives most of our sales, and that is email marketing. Email marketing is my bread and butter when it comes to marketing. Like I said, it drives most of the sales that the business generates. I use things like YouTube and other forms of social media and paid ads to generate leads and to interest people in my products. But when it actually comes to closing the sale and making the money, that is 9 times out of 10 email marketing. But ironically, I've spent very little time on this podcast, this podcast that is all about how to make money online with your online business, how to make more money with your online business, talking about the thing that makes me the most money. So that is changing starting with this episode, but I hope to do more episodes on email marketing in the future as well. In this episode, I'm being interviewed by Gabe Cox, one of our Startup Success coaches. And Gabe is asking me all sorts of questions about how we get the best results with our email marketing, including things like how we increase our email open rates, my thoughts on email subject lines, how we convince people to continually open and read our emails, how we close sales with our emails, and so much more. So, you can consider this kind of your introductory guide to Gillian Perkins on email marketing. But after you listen to this episode, be sure to send me an email at contactgillianperkins.com with any specific questions about email marketing that don't get answered in this episode, because I would love to help you take your email marketing to the next level this year.
1: Start with enticing people, because obviously, if we don't entice them to open the email, then they won't read the email. So I'd love to hear a little bit from you personally what makes you either want to open an email or not want to?
0: So, I think that this is gonna be a recurring theme throughout our conversation that people think that in order to entice people to open an email, then it comes down to like subject line. They think, oh, If my open rates are low, then I need to work on the thumbnail of the email, the subject line of the email. Now, it's totally true that some subject lines are going to have higher open rates than others, of course. But that only matters from one sender. Of the emails that I send out, some of my subject lines will have higher open rates compared to others. But there's no reason for me to compare one of my subject lines to one of someone else's subject line, open rates. Because the number one thing that affects whether or not someone opens an email is who the email came from. There are certain people who I open every single email they send me. For you, this might be your mom. Any email you get from your mom, you're going to open. It might be your best friend. It might be your boss. That is going to affect it. There are other people who, it doesn't matter what the subject line says, you're not going to open the email. And that might be if you get an email from a stranger. It might be someone who, you know, sends spammy emails. It might be someone who you like just fine, but their information isn't really, like, important or relevant to you right now, right? And so when we think about enticing people to open emails, of course, you can't change who you are, right? But, well, why is it that some people, their emails get opened more than others? Why is it that you open more emails from one person versus another? It's because of your relationship with that person, and it's because of what they sent you in the past. And when you're thinking about as a content creator, you're going to have the same sort of relationship with anyone who follows you, anyone who's on your email list, right? They're your subscriber. You can't become their mom. You can't become their aunt, right? But you can impact the relationship that you have them by the content that you create. And so really, the thing that is going to impact the deliverability of your next email more than anything else will be the contents of your last email. So what did you say in your last email? And does that make them
1: want to open your next email? Oh, that's so interesting because I think as content creators, we do sometimes get backward or we're just so focused on hooking the Mm -hmm. reader and so focused on the subject line that we sometimes forget that the content also needs to be good so that if they open it, and they can read it. So would you say it's more important for the content to be quality than to worry about the subject line? Or is there a little bit of both? Absolutely.
0: It's more important for the content to be good. And of course, good is both subjective and it also is multifaceted, right? So it's really important that you know who you're writing to. That's the top of your list and that you are helping them to the best of your ability with whatever you know that they are looking for help with, or providing just interesting, valuable content based on what you know about them. So the number one most important thing is going to be knowing who your reader is. Who are you writing this to? It's always best to have one person in mind and then to know as much about that one person as you can. Is there something that is like a challenge that all of your subscribers have that you're helping them to overcome? Or are they all interested in a a particular topic? And once you know that, then figuring out how to write a good email becomes a lot more clear. Beyond that, you can work on, you know, making sure that you are including useful information in your emails. You can work on improving your writing style. You can work on the formatting of your emails to make them easier to read. You can also separately work on optimizing your subject lines. You can also separately work on making sure that your emails are landing in people's primary inboxes versus their spam inbox. But if you don't start first with just having quality content that is going to be perceived as quality by one type of person, then you've lost the game before you even started.
1: Okay, I could go so many different directions because you just opened up a can of worms in that area. Like, I want to talk about deliverability and readability and open rates and all the things. But I think what's most important here is talking about the content itself. As creators, as we're writing these emails, what are some key elements that we should be including in either each email or in just emails in general? So there are probably
0: two different directions you could go with this. One is to more have like a continuous thread through your emails. So each email is building off of the last one. They all are kind of together, telling the story, telling this narrative, communicating this idea, leading one to the next. You might reference your past emails, for example. So if you're going with that strategy, you might be referencing past emails that you wrote and This is especially key, and this is probably the strategy that you want to use with at least the first few emails in your welcome sequence, right? Where that is where you see the highest open rates, typically. A lot of the time, there's something like double what you see with emails a few months down the road. And so because your subscribers are so likely to open all of the first five to 10 emails that you send them, you really can't have this continuous narrative. Now, the other strategy that you can go with is to make it so that every email that they open you make sure that they get some value out of that email. So this is where a lot of the time we see these curated style newsletters where maybe there are links to several different pieces of content in them so that you're going to be serving everyone who opens the email in some way. You might also give like product recommendations for that sort of thing. So you really just need to think about which strategy you want to go with. With the first strategy, typically there's just one point to every email, okay? One idea that you're communicating, you're not trying to like send them in multiple directions, you're giving them one call to action, you've got one purpose. With the second strategy, though, it's like each email is a sampler, and that makes sure that people want to open every single email cuz they always get something out of it. We typically see higher open rates with the second strategy because every time they open the email, they get rewarded. With the first strategy, the open rates can be a little bit lower but sometimes the conversion rates can be higher. So you can make more sales
1: per email subscriber you have. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the different styles, the newsletter versus the curated. Tell me a little bit about what you've decided to do or have you tested both? What works best in your business and uh, what do you think is the reason for that?
0: So when it comes, to my main goals. my main goals are to convert my subscribers, well, first to you know help my subscribers, right? And to make sure that I am helping them solve their problem, achieve their goals. One of the best ways I can do that is if they purchase one of my products that can help them on a deeper level, where they can get more support, where they can get more information and it can be more focused on their specific issue, right? And so for that reason, I tend to rely on the newsletter style or the letter style of email more because like I said, those tend to have higher conversion rates because you tend to build a stronger connection, like a deeper relationship with people when instead of just giving them a list of products or a list of pieces of content they could consume, but instead you are really like chatting with them, which happens more in that newsletter style, that first strategy that we talked about. Also, like I said, with the one main call to action in those emails, we see those higher conversion rates. Now, I have not specifically experimented with the curated style because I have many friends in business who have, and some of them love it. And in fact, I like reading emails like that, and I open a lot of them, which has led me to consider doing it many times. But at the end of the day, like I said, it leads to higher open rates, which can make you feel good as the person who's writing the email, as the business owner, as the content creator, right? And oh, people want to read my emails. And in fact, like that's true. It's not just a false metric, but it can be a little bit of a vanity metric. So again, that doesn't mean that it's not true. People are in fact opening your emails more. They might even be liking them more. But is that your main goal with your business, with your email marketing? For people to like you more or like your emails more, or do you have some other goal?
1: Mm, That's a good point. I would say for business owners, most of the time, I guess, would be to actually sell a product.
0: Yeah, I'd say for most business owners, their goal is to make as much money as possible and help as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And finding a sweet spot between that, which most of the time, I'd say that those two things rise together. They're not like intersecting lines on your diagram, right? But instead, the more money you make, generally, the more people you're able to help. Whether that is just the customers you're able to help by selling more product, or even the people you're able to help by giving money to charity because you made
1: more money. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And as far as writing emails goes for you, I know you don't really batch your emails, right? You do have kind of a system where you're writing. Tell us a little bit about your process itself. Yeah, so you're right. I don't batch my
0: emails. I don't write them ahead of time most of the time. Sometimes sometimes a week ahead of time. Most of the time, one day ahead of time. And the reason for that is because I want to come across as authentically and naturally as possible. And so I don't want to just pre-write what I think people want to hear at the beginning of the month or something like that. As I am engaging with customers throughout the month and hearing their questions, I really want to respond to what is most current at the time, most on the top of people's minds. And then another reason is because the fact of the matter is that email marketing is a fair amount of work, right? Each email that you write, it might be 500 words long or even more, that takes some real creative energy. And I find the deadline of this email is going out tomorrow to be really positive and helpful, where I it's just like, okay, got to do this today, you know, because it needs to go out tomorrow. Versus when I've tried to batch them and write like all the emails for the month at the beginning of the month, it felt overwhelming, it felt tedious and taxing. And I just didn't enjoy it nearly as much and I had a much harder time motivating myself to do it.
1: Now that might be different for each person. Is there a reason that batching would be good? Or do you batch launch emails or anything like that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I definitely think that for different personality types, that could be better. Some people
0: find it much easier to do a big batch of work at once. Than to space it out. And even me, sometimes I find it easier to batch work. It's just that because it would need to be a bigger batch, I just find that breaking it down and having those deadlines throughout the month, it really helps me to get it done in an incremental level and be consistent with it, which is a really important aspect of email marketing. As far as launch emails go, they do end up getting batched a bit. There are two reasons for that. One is because a lot of the time, it would be too many emails to maybe write in the moment. I need to do other things maybe during launch week also, so I might not have time to write that two or three emails that I need to write for the next day or two. But also, two more things, really. Another one is that we want the content to be strategic. So we're typically planning it all ahead of time rather than so much in the moment. Now, sometimes we still make some last-minute little pivots as we're hearing what people are saying back to those launch emails. But I want to go into it with a strategic plan at that outset so that I am able to, like, really put in that intentional planning, right, and fulfill the strategy that I know is going to work the best. And then one more thing is when you run launches in your business or run promotions, a lot of the time, a fairly significant percent of your annual revenue might be riding on that specific launch. I don't want that launch to potentially be derailed if I get sick, right? Right. Or if I break my arm <laughs> like that, right? That never happened. But if something went wrong, if my computer completely crashed or something like that, I wouldn't want that to derail that launch. And so I think it's important that I write most of the launch emails before the launch starts. Recently, I recorded a brand new podcast miniseries called The 100K Method. Now, this podcast series is not something that I am adding new episodes to every week. I designed it as a complete whole. It's just 10 episodes long, and it is going to teach you everything you need to know about the 100K method, which is the system that I use to generate passive income with my online courses. So in short, the 100K method is a complete automated sales funnel system. So it includes everything from how you attract customers into your business, how you warm them up, to how you ultimately close the sale. Like I said, it's a fully automated process. So you don't have to be involved with doing things like sales calls or closing people in the DMs or anything like that to sell your online course. We have installed the 100K method into hundreds of course creators, businesses at this point in all sorts of different industries and niches to sell courses on every topic under the sun. And it is crazy how consistently it works and how passively it works. So if you are looking for a new strategy for selling your online course that is both effective and also does not require you to be hands-on with the sales process, then I would love to invite you to listen to the 100k method. Like I said, it's only 10 episodes long. Of course, it's completely free. I'm going to be leaving a link to the podcast series in the description below this episode so that you can find it and listen to. You can just go through, download all the episodes and then just binge listen to it. I know a lot of the time I have trouble with starting new podcasts because I'm not sure whether I should start with the most recent episode or the first episode or somewhere in the middle. But with this series, you're not going to have to make that decision because it will be super obvious. You should just start with episode one, listen all the way through, and then you'll know how to start selling your online course a whole lot more effectively and take it up to $100,000 a year, which is really the whole goal of the 100K method. So again, you can find the link to that series in the show notes below or just open up whatever podcast player you like to use and search for the 100K
1: method and you should be able to find it. One thing that I've noticed, too, when I read your emails is that you have such great content and you have a really great way of spinning stories, maybe everyday things that are happening and really spinning it to the problem that you solve. How do you come up with such great ideas for your emails? Well, first
0: of all, I really appreciate hearing you say that because I generally feel like I'm not nearly as good at that as some people who I read their emails. That being said, a lot of the time, I will initially start writing an email, think I have no angle for this email. I have no like story or illustration for it. It's a really hard thing for me to think about in kind of a systematic or a stepwise way, which is I tend to be more of a linear thinker. So I tend to be more like, okay, here's the first step, second step, third step to get this outcome that I want. And so I try to approach it that way. But there doesn't seem to be a very straightforward process So I'll just start writing sometimes about like something that happened recently and then say, can I work this towards like being an illustration for what I'm trying to say? I always go into it knowing what the call to action should be, right? What the main outcome, what I'm trying to accomplish with that email is, what I'm trying to maybe invite people to do um, or encourage them to do or challenge them to do. So that gives me a little bit of direction. Now, that being said, despite my challenges with it, I actually have developed a little bit of a methodology for finding the right example. So, here's what it is. First of all, you think about what is that outcome that you're looking for with the email? So, are you trying to sell something? If so, what? Are you trying to invite someone to a webinar? If so, you know what is the topic? Are you trying to tell them about a piece of content? If so, what is that piece of content about? Okay. So, what is that main purpose for the email? Then you think, okay, what do I need to like convince them of to get them interested? Okay? So for example, let's say we were, to make this a really meta, I was writing an email about a video I'd made about email marketing, right? So I'm trying to think of like, how can I convince them to watch this video? Okay, well, what would I need to convince them of? I would need to convince them that email marketing is important, right? And that it could help their business. That learning how to improve their email marketing skills could make them more money. So with that in mind, then I can start to try to think of examples or stories that would illustrate that truth. Now, it might be stories that are explicitly about email marketing. So maybe I could tell them about an email I sent that maybe a million dollars or something like that, right? Or maybe I can go kind of a layer deeper and think, okay, like, is there something in the background of this, like a fundamental truth? So for example, communicating with people is important. So for example, maybe I could tell them about an important conversation I had with my husband that really had a positive impact on our marriage. And then I could maybe connect that to why it's so important to talk to your audience. And email marketing is a powerful way to do that and then lead them to the video, right? So thinking about like what is the real idea that you're trying to communicate, then thinking of stories and sort of, and of course, just with brainstorming, right? Like hold it with an open hand. You don't need to find the perfect story Like I said, a lot of the time, I just start writing about a random story that happened recently, just like a personal update, and I can lead it towards like why I decided to create this content or why I'm selling this product right now. But if you can be a little bit more intentional with it, then of course, you can get your emails to convert even better.
1: And going back to what we were talking about in the beginning with the personalization, really focusing on talking to one person, how can we do that in email? How can we really make the reader feel like you're talking to just them?
0: Well, I think it really starts with talking to some of those people, right? Like actually having conversations with the people in your audience. And if your audience is really small, a lot of the time the best way to do this really is to think of just a couple friends or people you know, even if they're not your close friends, who fit that target customer profile. And have real conversations with those people. Think about the questions those people really ask you about that subject matter. Think about the different attributes of those people. Like, what are they interested in? Why are they interested in it? What is their life situation like? But starting with real people instead of an imaginary person is really powerful. If that doesn't work for you, maybe you don't know anyone like that. You don't have an audience at all yet. Most of the time, most people, when they start businesses, when they start creating content, start email marketing— They are thinking of a former version of themselves, where they were five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So if you can think back to what were you like at that point? You know, what were you interested in? What kind of content did you want to click on? What questions did you have? What was your life situation like at that
1: point in time? That can be a really good starting place. Perfect. And I'm going to put you on the spot here. But do you have any emails that come to mind that you really enjoyed writing or that really got a good response So I would say
0: that there's not any one specific email necessarily that comes to mind, although there have been a few emails that I write in my launches that I love because they are so strategic, I guess I would say. So for example, there's an email that I send pretty much every launch that is the FAQ email. So I've used different subject lines for this email, and the content varies depending on what product we're selling during that particular promotion— But the subject line might be something like answers to your questions about blank. Or it might be like re-questions. And so this email, it just breaks down a bunch of the questions that people commonly ask about this product. How much does it cost? How long will it take me to get the result I'm looking for? Do I have to have a blank? These sorts of questions, right? Basically, they're wondering, will I succeed with this product? Will this product get me the result I'm looking for? And this email is fun and easy to write because you get to be reactive in the writing. So you just take the questions and you just write an answer. And for most of us, that comes pretty naturally instead of like trying to come up with an example to illustrate a concept or something like that, right? We can just like speak really naturally. But also, this email is really powerful because most of the time people express their objections, which is what in sales we call the reasons that they give for not buying the product. They express those objections by asking questions. They ask, how long will this take? Because they're worried that maybe they don't have enough time to get the result that they're looking for, right? They ask, will this work for someone in my situation? Because they're worried that maybe they're an outlier and it doesn't apply to them and it's not going to work for them. And so answering these questions gives you the perfect opportunity to counter each of those sales objections. And this can actually be one of the strongest Sales pitches, the most persuasive things that you can say during a launch.
1: Okay, that's awesome. You've kind of sold me on the whole email marketing thing. It's important. It's important to be able to turn stories or just what you're talking about into, here's how this solves your problem and all the things. But what if I'm sitting at my desk wanting to write an email and I just can't come up with anything to say? Do you have any tips on getting started with that? So in this situation
0: that you're imagining, is it that you don't know what you want to promote
1: or like what the goal for the email would be? Or you know that, but you're not sure like what to say in the email? I think I know the product. I know the goal. It's just hard to put it on paper. So I would start by thinking about like, ask yourself a question. Why is this important? Like,
0: why do I want to tell someone about this product? Why do I want someone to buy it? Why would they want to buy it? And literally like answer those questions in writing. um, You could type the answers or write them out on paper, you know, whatever works better for you to get your mind flowing and whatever comes more easily to you. Or if you're really like a verbal processor, you might even try recording a video just to process it or recording a voice note on your phone or talking it out with a friend or your wife or your husband, right? But answering those questions, why do I want to sell this product? Why would someone want to buy it? What would they get out of it? Why is this important? Then from there, at that point, you might be able to write a straightforward email. Maybe you now are full of conviction about why they need to buy this and you're ready to tell them. But you still might not have that story or example. So you might need to take this one step further and ask, okay, so what would I need them to believe in order to want to buy this product? And there's a lot of different aspects of that. You know, they need to believe that you are trustworthy. They need to believe that they have a problem. They need to believe that the solution to this problem is worth the price that you are charging. And I could go on and on, right? There's a lot of different little things they need to believe. And so maybe you know right now specifically what objection you need to counter. And so you can think, okay, I need them to believe that this is worth the price I'm charging. So then you could try to think of an example that would prove that, like why email marketing was so valuable to you and how it made you so much money, just as a little example there. Now, if you're not going to write that most straightforward email, if you want to use a story or an example, then you need to think about what objection you need to counter to convince them to take this action, right? What is that underlying concept that you need to convince them of? whether that is you know email marketing can make you money or you are capable of email marketing, whatever that thing is, and then think of a story that will illustrate that example. And it's best if you can pull a story from real life rather than a story that is directly related because when you do that, people consume it in a more holistic way. It taps into different aspects of their thinking. They tend to trust it more And trust the conclusion that you get to more because they see that life proved it and it feels less like a sales pitch.
1: As we wrap up, I'd love to hear if there are any common pitfalls that you see that creators should avoid when creating their emails.
0: One of the top ones definitely
1: has to be putting too much importance on the subject lines and
0: thinking that that is the thing that is going to fix their open rates there are so many things that are more important than open rates, as we talked about. Another one would be not being consistent with email marketing. The reason why it's so important to be consistent with email marketing is because people get a lot of emails every day. And because of the nature of the email, it being like text, black and white, they're not like seeing a video of you where they really connect you and can easily remember you. It's really easy for people to forget who you are completely if you don't email them for a while. So, Especially like if your audience is growing, you need to keep emailing them on, I would say, a weekly basis to be able to stay at the top of their mind, for them to remember who you are, for you to maintain your relationship, and maintain the trust that you have with them. Now, that's not to say, of course, that if you haven't emailed for a while that you've ruined everything and you should just give up now or anything like that. There is plenty to be salvaged for sure, and there's no time like the present to start emailing again. I would make it a priority in your schedule where you have a day every week that you're writing an email. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be super strategic. It's better to send something than to send nothing. Just think about how can I solve a problem? Is there something I could share with them? Is there something I learned? Is there a piece of content that stood out to me that I could just recommend to them? But emailing on a weekly basis is going to create that foundational level
1: of trust with your email subscribers. This has been so helpful. Thank you so much for diving into even your processes of writing and how you come up with different subject lines and also content and diving into the importance of actual content versus the subject line. I think that's very freeing for everyone.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Are you ready to finally take the leap in your business to making six figures year after year? I would love to work with you to turn your inconsistent income into consistent 10K plus months. And we've created an entire program to guide you to do exactly that. It's called 100K Mastermind, and it's a 12-month mentorship that will guide you to set up your strategic, automated sales funnel system and fuel it with ready to buy leads. Because we know that you don't just need a funnel, you need a strategically designed funnel based in sales psychology, and you need a system that's going to send leads into it. Because a funnel without any leads flowing through it isn't going to make you any money. If you're interested in working together to get your six figure system set up, then head to gillianperkins.com 100k. That's gillianperkins.com 100k. On that page, you're going to find all the details about, the program, what we cover in it, exactly what you'll learn and what you'll accomplish, as well as the dates for our next cohort and the link to apply. Again, just visit gillianperkins.com 100k. I can promise you this, your business and life will never be the same. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins. And until next week, stay focused and take action.